The word of the Lord says, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, let me first say that, the house of Simon the leper, he didn't have leprosy at that time. The Lord had healed them before then, but apparently, like foreigners, they give you nicknames, and the nicknames don't always, it's not always nice, but it's just your nickname. Can you imagine? He got cured from leprosy, and now they call him Simon the leper. Can you imagine you had HIV, and the Lord healed you from it, and now you call HIV Simon? You know, that's kind of what this is. He got cured, but they're still calling him Simon the leper. But anyway, he didn't have leprosy at that time because when you had leprosy, you had to stay away. And so they were in Bethany in the house of Simon the the leper. As he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made. My God. No reverence for the Lord Jesus. For this, for it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor and they murmured against her and said, and Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble her? She had wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye will, ye may do them good. But me, you have not always. She had done this, she had done what she could. Very important statement. She had done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she had done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. So Mary, there's a memorial of Mary because of what she had done unto the Lord, because she'd done all that she could. And because she'd done all that she could, there's a memorial for her because she had done all that she could. I don't know if you can say to yourself that you have done all that you can, or is there more that you can do? Lord Jesus, your presence is in this place. Your power is in this place. Now, Lord Jesus, we want the glory of God to be manifested. And, oh God, we pray this morning that in the name of Jesus Christ, that the need of every individual in this house will be met. And that, Lord Jesus, you will reveal and demonstrate who you are and that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords and that your power will, oh God, be revealed in this place. Father, I pray that you will consume us by the fire of your spirit and that, my God, we will be overwhelmed never to be the same again. Lord, whatsoever you do, Lord, I pray that we will never be the same again. We want our lives to be changed. We want our lives to be transformed. We want our lives to be renewed. We want to, oh God, have a real encounter with you today. You know all of our thoughts and all of our situations. You know what we're going through. You know what we face. You have all the answers and you can do anything that's needed to be done in our life. Now, God, when we walk out of this place today, have us to walk out like we did not come in. Have us to leave here, Lord God, with a different understanding, with a different mindset. Have us to leave this place, Lord God, assured and confident that we, oh God, are in you and your will shall be done in our life. Have your way today, oh great God, for we need you. We will worship you. We will praise you. We will honor you. We will lift up your name for you're great and greatly to be praised. Oh God, we pray this morning that you would touch Stacy and touch her body and heal her. We pray this morning uh, you will continue to heal Mama Allen. Uh, we pray this morning uh, that you will continue to touch Bob uh, and that he will be whole uh, and be strengthened uh, and be healed.
heal. Now, Lord God, we pray that the Holy Ghost will be poured out. And, oh God, the power will be received in this place. Oh God, we give you the honor. We give you the praise for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Can somebody clap their hands unto the Lord? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to entitle this message today, The Broken Box. The Broken Box. An alabaster box, or we can even say alabaster jar, was a beautiful and expensive vase or vase, whichever you prefer, with a long, slender neck that curve that that is carved from translucent gemsum. The ointment of spikenard was a fragrant ointment imported from the mountains of India. This was pure and genuine ointment, thus very costly. Its value was one year's salary during those days. So on average, the value of that ointment or perfume was approximately one year's salary during those days. The beautiful jar was broken and the costly ointment was poured out on Jesus' head. And so we see in, in Mark that it was poured out in Jesus' head, but in John it talks about in, on his feet. But just picture this, when it was poured out, it just ran down upon him. Kind of like when you anoint, back then when they anoint the prophet of the Lord, or they anoint the king, when they anointed David, they poured oil on David's head, and it ran down from David's head all on his skirt and down and on his feet. So whatever that, that anointing, when she poured that ointment, that, that oil, when she poured it, it was almost like a messianic, an, a, 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 a prince, a, a, a king, an anointing that was being done. And so... Mary poured it, and it just consumed all of Jesus. Many didn't know that part of what, what, what Mary did was a fulfillment of Scripture. In, in Song of Solomon, this is probably the only time I would go to Song of Solomon. In Song of Solomon, chapter 1, some of you didn't even know that was in the Bible. Chapter 1, verse 12, while the king sitteth. At his table, my spikenard sended forth the smell thereof. This is in Song of Solomon. And so this was quoted back in the Old Testament. And so now we see Mary demonstrating something that was quoted in the Old Testament. Here we are living it out in the new. The Word of God is so powerful. It's so wonderful. It, it's never outdated. Some people read the Bible and they think, oh, the things in the Bible is just old. The things in the Bible, it, it doesn't pertain to today. That's like saying Jesus was good for back in the day, but not today. But I'm here to tell somebody this morning, uh, God is almighty and, and he, he walked this earth at one point in time, but he knows everything. There is nothing that God does not know. Uh, as a matter of fact, he is just so all knowing that he says uh, not only that I'm God almighty that you can't see but I'm going to make myself visible by coming through the virgin Mary and manifest myself as a man so you can see me he knows everything he knows how we feel he knows what we go through he understands the things that we struggle with he's not a God that doesn't understand uh, pain and doesn't understand sickness uh, and doesn't understand struggle. Oh, yes, he does. Jesus understand pain. Uh, Jesus understands struggle. Jesus understand being rejected. Uh, Jesus understand uh, people not caring for him, especially those that are closest to him. Uh, the Bible says uh, that he did not do much miracle in his hometown. Uh, why? Because they didn't believe, because they were so used to him. Uh, isn't that the carpenter's son? Uh, is, isn't he the carpenter's son? Uh, isn't he married? Mary's boy, and so and so his sister, and so and so his brother, and so because they were familiar with him, uh, not much miracle was done uh, where Jesus was from, uh, and so we gotta understand uh, Jesus understands what's going on with us. Uh, he understands uh, how you struggle sometimes when people treat 
you bad and people don't do right according to what they're supposed to. He understands all of that stuff. So don't you ever think uh, God is not with me. God don't understand. God has rejected me. Uh, there is no way God can reject you uh, when he was rejected uh, by his very own. Uh, and because his own creation uh, rejected him, uh, he knows uh, as much as you think he knows or more than what you think he knows what rejection is like. Because sometimes we go through and we feel like, is God with me? Sometimes we go through and we feel like people have rejected me and I'll, I can't feel God. But I'm here to tell you today, God has not rejected you. He couldn't reject you if he wanted to. He can't reject you because he knows what rejection is like. He's working it out. And so whatever you're going through this morning, whatever you're struggling with this morning, I'm here to tell you God's got you. Uh-huh. God's got you. And so we read about this woman, Mary, how she broke her box and poured out this ointment on the Almighty God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's a quote by Charles Schultz, Starbucks guy. And his, his quote said this, Life is a 10-speed bike. Life is a 10-speed bike. You remember a 10-speed bike? Some of you don't. I know some of you don't. <laughs> but I remember the 10-speed bike. <laughs> and so the 10-speed bike have 10 gears. And if some of you remember, most of us had just one gear that we always rode it in. I remember setting it at three. I remember. That's the gear that I set it in, three. Are you laughing, Shirley? You, you, you had one? What, what gear you set it in, two? <laughs> but I remember. <laughs> bright yellow. Bright yellow. But I remember setting it at three. And every once in a while you want to play around, you put it at one, so you, your feet real move real fast, but you're not going anywhere, right? And then if you're a boy and you want to show off, and the girls come around, you set it about eight gear. And you can barely move that thing. But the 10-speed bike was it at one point. But the point of the 10-speed bike was we all can testify that we never moved that thing up and down. We, We kept it in one gear, and that's the gear that we enjoyed, and we just kept riding it in that gear. I don't know why we got it anyway, because no matter what, most people just set it in one gear and just let it stay and rode it the whole time. One gear. And so... I ask you today, if life is like a 10-speed bike, I must ask you, what are we saving the rest of the gears for? What are we saving the rest of the gears for? What are we holding back from the Lord Jesus Christ that we can give to him? Come on, help me this morning. What are we holding back from the Lord? What are we holding back that, that, that if we just give it to the Lord, he will use our life in a mighty way, in a powerful way. Can I tell somebody this morning, uh, the life that you have, uh, God wants to do something miraculous and amazing with your life. Uh, God didn't just call a couple of us to be preachers uh, and a couple of us to be evangelists and a couple of us to be teachers uh, and a couple of us to be apostles. Uh, God has called all of us. There is not one in this house this morning uh, that God has not called you uh, to do something uh, miraculous because anything from God uh, and anything God is going to do uh, is going to be miraculous. Uh, And God has called every one of you in here this morning uh, to do something miraculous. Uh, Your life uh, has been chosen by God uh, for a purpose uh, and you're not just here on this earth just existing. Uh, God has chosen you uh, and has called you to something Something great, and you must understand that you can't live life anymore after today thinking that your life is just a happenstance and you're just going through and you're just going through the motions and living to one day die. That's not your life. 
You're not just living to die. You're not just living to have a family. You're not just living to make money. You're not just living to have a good time. You're living because God has allowed you to live. You're living because God has called you into this world. You're living because God has a plan for your life and he wants to use you. Your life is just not a regular life. Your life has been chosen by God. So we got to get out of our mind that 10 speed mentality. Because if you're going to settle in gear number two or gear number three, what happened to the rest of the gears? And God is looking for you to, 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 to do something amazing through him. But it's going to have to be you trusting God. Mm-hmm. 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 There are so many people that are giving themselves their all to things that cannot compare to the kingdom of God. They are sacrificing everything to gain whatever it is that they want to achieve. Today, sports is rampant. And I've told you before, people are trying to get their their children to, to start school late so they can be the biggest kid in the class. So if they keep training them, one day they can become a big star in sports because they're bigger than the rest of the kids. And so people are doing all kind of things just so their kid can become a professional athlete because of the money that's involved. People are doing all kind of things to gain and to achieve what they want. Even 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 going to school. I want to go to a prestigious school. I want to go to a Ivy League. And so we, we spend everything to go to Harvard and to go to Yale and to go to an Ivy League, Columbia, Dartmouth. We, we spend everything. I don't care what I have to give up. I just got to go to the Ivy League. And we spend everything to go there because it's important. Now, I'm not against you training up your kid to become a professional athlete. If you can do that, you do that. I'm not against you going to Ivy League school and getting a great education. If you can do that, do that. But what I'm asking you is, can that compare to eternal life? Can that compare to Jesus Christ? Can that compare to what you can do in the kingdom of God? What God wants to do with your life? And so while you get a great education, understand, I'm getting a great education, but I'm still going to give everything to God. Why are you going to play sports? Understand, I play sports, but I'm still giving my life to God because there is nothing more important and nothing more valuable than me giving my all in all to Jesus Christ and me giving myself to the Lord. There's nothing more important than that. Nothing more important than that. And so we're giving a lot sacrificing a lot of ourselves for things that don't measure up to the kingdom of God. They don't measure. As a matter of fact, I remember as we were reading, as we were reading through the text that we read, it talked a little bit about measure. I want you to keep that word in mind. Measure. Mm -hmm. So Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached, make sure you tell also about this woman who has broken the alabaster box and poured the sweet ointment upon me. We've all heard about this woman and what she did. She broke this box of precious ointment, expensive, and poured it out on Jesus. This is not the first time you heard this story, but I'm going to bring something to your attention today. Understand this. The woman didn't open the bottle. She didn't try to take the top off the bottle. She broke the bottle. What we normally do is open it. 
whatever can be open can be closed. I was just drinking me a D&G soda last night. And I was drinking, drinking, drinking. And I said, I'm not going to drink more than what I feel like I need to drink. And when I reached, almost was almost gone. I still put the top back on, push it down real hard, and put it in the refrigerator. Because I opened it. If I would have broke the top off, guess what? Done. Couldn't drink it no more. What we do when it comes down to Jesus is we open the bottle. We don't break the bottle. We open the bottle. When you open the bottle, you can measure how much you're pouring out. When you open the bottle, you can control how it comes out. And if our life represent that alabaster box and what was in it, if you just open yourself up, you're only giving just measures of what you want to the Lord. You're only giving him what you feel like you need to give him. And so today, if life was just just, just hard, I'll just give him just a little bit. Today, if I'm tired, he can only get this. Today, if I, if, if I don't feel too well, I'll just give him this. And we keep measuring what we're giving Jesus according to how we feel. So we measure. What we're given to the Lord. And that's why we can determine what we will do and won't do. When you start to live for God or when your life is saying, I'll do this. And you're, you're kind of steering, you're driving, you're kind of determining what you will and what you won't do. You just open the bottle. You're just pouring in measures. And what God wants you to become, you can't really reach that potential. 10-speed bike. You're in gear number two or gear number three, and God wants to get you to the 10th gear, and you can't get there because you're only doing just what you want. You're pouring out. You're pouring out measures. Here you go, Lord Jesus. And so when we come together and we gather as a body of believers, mm, depending on what we want to give God is how much we pour out. And I'm here to tell you today, if the bottle is just open, you're pouring out measures. You're pouring out what you can control. You're pouring out what you think God should have. Uh, uh-huh. We've learned to open ourselves just enough just to give a little bit. Our offering to God many times is just poured out in measure. We're not giving ourselves. We're just pouring out just a little bit at a time, Jesus. Pouring out little drops according to how we feel. Little drops according to how busy we are. That one speaks to me because I, 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 I'm, sometimes I feel so tired and worn out. But I said I can't give God measures. I can't pour out in drops to God. This is not about me telling God what I can do and what I can't do. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And so uh, when I get tired, I'm in perfect condition for the Lord to do what he needs to do. When I'm worn out, I'm in perfect condition for God to do what he's going to do. The problem usually is when I have too much strength and when I think I know, then God can't work his work through me because I'm doing my own thing. But when I'm worn out and when I'm tired, all I got to do is make myself available to say, God, here I am. Whatsoever you need to do, just go ahead and do it. I'm not giving you drops. I'm not pouring out measures. I'm not giving you according to how I feel, but I'm giving you everything. Just have it all. Have it all, Jesus, because I can't do what needs to be done, and because I know you're all powerful, and you're amazing. Oh, God, have your way and do it all what you want to do. Measures. Measures. We're giving God measures according to how we feel. I'll, I'll go here today. I'll go to this meeting today. I'll go to that meeting today. But next week I can't. Measures. Measures. 
I can't tell you how often I say this to this church, but I'm saying it again because I know it and I want you to know it too. You're in this church because God think highly of you. You're in this church because God know you have influence. You're in this church because God wants to use you in a special way. You're in this church because God already have the plan laid out for you. And he wants to activate that plan. Every one of you I'm looking at right now, I'm not looking sideways on nobody. I'm looking straight at every one of you. Because every one of you, God has a master plan. Every one of you, God has purpose in your life. Every Every one of you, uh, God has designed your life to accomplish uh, something amazing uh, that you can't even comprehend. Uh, and don't even try to comprehend it uh, because you can't. Uh, all he's asking you to do uh, is stop pouring out in measures. Uh, all he's asking you to do uh, is stop giving uh, what you think you should give. Uh, all he's asking you to do uh, is to give him everything uh, and not measure what you give to him. Uh, and he will do the rest. Uh, he will do what needs to be done to be done if you give it to him. Stop giving him measures. No measures. Uh, He's got it. Listen, he's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. Can I just tell you this? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I have what what we like to call the, 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 the challenges of life. We're going to all have those. And they're going to be different for every one of us. Let me give you a secret. When you stop pouring out measures and you give it all, no matter how hard, no matter how hurtful, no matter how difficult, no matter how rejected things become for you, you always still take solace that I'm living for the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm doing his will. As long as we're humans, we're going to all have the problems. We're going to have children problems. We're going to have relationship problems. We're going to have money problems. We're going to have sickness problems. We're going to have all these kind of problems in life. But I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, if you let God uh, have your life uh, and you give everything to God, uh, those problems, uh, you will just spend just a little bit of time on them. Uh, I know I have this problem over here, uh, but here is where I am because I must do uh, what God want me to do. I'm not giving him measures. I'm giving him everything. And so no matter what's going on in my life, I have to know what's first and far more important to me. And I'm giving God everything got problems like everybody else. Every preacher you know, uh, no matter how eloquent they are, no matter how much they come across as anointed and great men of God and great women of God, I don't care what they show you. I'm telling you uh, as long as we're living in this flesh, uh, as long as we're human, uh, we're going to have these problems. Uh, But if we will give ourselves uh, and pour everything out to Jesus uh, and not in measure, then we will see the hand of God uh, and you will take more joy uh, and solace uh, in what God is doing through you uh, than the problems you're facing. Come on, somebody. I know we've got problems, uh, but my God, I'm telling you, there is nothing greater than knowing uh, I'm fulfilling the purpose uh, for why I was born. Uh, I'm fulfilling the purpose uh, for why Jesus saved me. Uh, I'm fulfilling the purpose uh, for why Jesus called me. Uh, You fulfill the purpose uh, that God called you for uh, and saved you for. uh, And you'll say, no matter what I'm going through, uh, God is in control. Uh, No matter what I'm going through, uh, God will see me through. Oh, hallelujah. Doesn't matter what I'm going through. His purpose is so great and so powerful that no matter what I'm dealing with, I don't have to guess what's going to happen. Not worried about it. Remember the Apostle Paul? He went through more than anybody else went through. Guess what? He never worried. What he said? I, I got to go to Rome. I can be shipwrecked. Doesn't matter. Can you imagine getting on the boat and you get on and you know this thing is going down. This thing is going to fall apart. You're in the middle of the ocean. And you're saying, because I know God has a purpose in my life, doesn't even matter. 
if this go down, it's going to go down and I'll still be all right. I'm going to make it. If nobody else is saved, I'm going to be saved. If nobody else is, is going to make it through, I'm going to make it through. Why? Because I'm living my life according to the purpose it was created for. I'm living my life because of what God has put in me to do. And when we start living our life for that, you don't have to worry about a thing. You don't have to worry about a thing. And so the woman broke it. She broke it at the feet of Jesus. When you break it, you can't control how it comes out. You can't control how it flows out. Uh huh. All of us, that is controlling how much we give to God. You just kind of ease the lid up off the box. And you're measuring what you're giving God. But if you ever break that box that you're in and let whatsoever that is in you begin to flow out, you're going to see something different. You're going to see something different if you allow what's in you to flow out. If you just break yourself and just say, God, let your will be done. God, let your will be done. God, let your will be done. God don't want us holding anything back. And we hold back from the Lord all the time. He doesn't want us to hold anything back. I want before you leave here today, you don't hold nothing back from Jesus. I don't want you to leave here today and saying, I wish I would have done this. Maybe I should have prayed. Maybe I should have went to the altar. Maybe I should have done this. That's holding back from God. And God wants you to not hold anything back. As a matter of fact, somebody, if you don't hold back from God today, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get a taste of something from God that you never got. He's going to show you. He's going to prove to you. If you don't hold back, you will see. I won't hold back. If you don't hold back, I won't hold back. He is wanting to do something. And if somebody today will not hold back from God and just let it come out, let it all out, just let it flow out. If you do that today, God is going to do something special. You're going to leave this place today saying something happened to me. God did something. I can't explain it. I just know something has happened. Something has changed because I feel something different in me. Because I let it flow. I didn't, I didn't hold back from God. I didn't hold back from him. What more could you do in how much you've given God? The Bible calls him jealous. If you save yourself, you have rejected God. But when you break yourself, you will gain God. You know, I keep telling you this. Don't forget. Don't get twisted God's goodness of you being okay with God. Thursday night I talked about it Bible study. I said God loves us. And I gave the example of me being a father. You might be a mother or a father. And here's the deal. You're going to love your children no matter what, even when they're doing bad. Because they're yours. And so even when they're not doing good, you're still loving them. You don't reject them. And so we're getting it twisted that we think because God hasn't rejected us that we're pleasing God. Don't get quiet on me. This is a revelation because God wants you to understand this, that his love is so deep. His love is, is so far beyond what you can comprehend that sometimes we just think that his love is, he's okay with us because he's just showing us love. No, he can't help himself but to love you. He's going to love you no matter what you do. The Bible says he loved us while we were yet sinners, meaning while we were living what, however we want and doing whatever we want. He still loved us, so he's going to love you no matter what. But don't misunderstand his love that because he's loving you, you're good. And I think a lot of people in our world today, because of the goodness of God, the love of God, they're feeling like I'm good. No, no, no. 
So I got to tell you this story. My wife probably looking like, oh, Lord. I'm not going to tell you which one of my sons, but I'm just telling you the story anyway. So the other day, one of my kids, something was wrong with their car. So they, Dad, can I use your car? Okay, no problem. So they used my car. Last night I came home from Winterfire. I saw something from Princeton Municipal Court. I said, Princeton Municipal Court? I opened this thing up since I had a parking ticket in Princeton. I almost lost it. Because, you know, I'm careful about these things. I almost lost a parking ticket. And then I look, I saw the license plate. Now, right away, it just clicked in. Remember, your son had the car. I called him up. I didn't lose it. But I was really stern. I said, guess what, son? You can't use my car anymore. Oh, no. You're not driving this car anymore. Because at the very least, you should have came to me before I got the ticket in the mail. So he came to me and said, Dad, uh, we parked somewhere. Uh, so I said, yo, you're not using my car anymore. And I want that ticket paid and text me the receipt right away. Do I love my son? Uh-huh. But guess what he's not doing no anymore? So, so if, if his car get broken down and he don't have transportation, guess what? That's what we're missing with God. <laughs> we're missing that with Jesus. We, we, we don't understand that there's some things that just get taken out of our life, but he still loves us. But he wants to make everything in your life. He wants you to have it all. He wants you to be blessed above measure. He wants all these things in your life, but there are just some things that because of our actions, they're taken out. They're taken out. Because we're measuring, we're measuring what we give God, and God is saying, there's just some things you won't have. He's a jealous God. We need to break the box that we're in. We, we need to break this box, this box that is containing who we are. Because who you are is not what's on the exterior, like Sharon said this morning. It's not on the exterior. Who you are is on the interior, the thing that we can't see. Who you are is who we can't see. Only you know who you are. We can't see who you are. And so this box that we walk around in is what housing who we are. And we know how to dress this box up. The Bible talks about this alabaster box is made with soft marble. So that's telling me it looks really pretty and nice on the outside. Just like all of you this morning. You look pretty and nice on the outside. But inside there's some things going on. Inside there's some rumblings. Inside uh, there's some struggles. Inside, uh, inside there's some trials and some things going on inside of you. Uh, and that's what God want to get to. Uh, that's what God needs you to pour out in front of him. Uh, he doesn't want you to hold back anything. He wants you to just break the box. When we come together as the church and we pray and we praise and we worship the Lord Jesus, we are to do this until we empty ourselves. Here is, here, here is what's going on. We're full of ourselves. And God is wanting us to empty ourselves. He wants you to break this bottle, this box, this jar that house who you are. So he can have all of you. He don't just want some of you. He wants all of you. We're giving God measures. And God is saying, are you kidding me? No. No. I want all of you. Not some of you. Anybody want to give God their all this morning? What can we do to give our all? And so, I'm going to land in a second here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 15, the scripture says, and that he died for all. That they which live should not live henceforth 
should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. The Lord spoke to me this week. Early this week, probably mid this week. I was talking to someone on the phone. And the person was struggling with things they think they don't need to do. I don't see why this is necessary. I don't see why that's necessary. I pray and God still answer my prayer. Listen to what she said. I pray and God still answer my prayer. I feel his presence. I mean, why do we have to do this? And why do we have to do that? And that's when the Lord just gave me answers. And my, my God, he said to me to tell that person. He said, tell that person that because they're living for themselves, they see it that way. He said, the reason why she's saying why and why and why is because she's living for herself. He said, if you desire to live for me, then you will understand that the standards of living and the way of life has to be different from everyone else. And the kind of things that you are required and commanded to do when you start living for God, it, there's nothing in this world that should be measured against the things of God. Remember, our world based our law way below what God had already commanded. And so we're living our life without Christ to please ourselves according to how we feel, according to what we think. That's how we live our life. But God wants you to know this morning that if you're interested in living for him, if you're interested in becoming born again and following Jesus, the mandate and the commandment is your standard of living is, have to, is going to have to be at a level that's different from everybody that's not, that's not born again and following Christ. We want to say we're Christians and following Christ, but we want to still live how we feel. We want to live still the way how we want to. That's pouring out measures unto the Lord. That's giving him what you want him to have. All right, God, you can do this, but ah, I don't want to give you that. And Oh, God, I can give this amount of time, but I can't give you all of that time. We're measuring what we give to God. And God wants you to know what he has put in my heart and echoed in my mind to tell people is, if you live for me, then I'm calling you to a different level. If you live for me, I'm calling you to live a different way. That's why God says you are a royal priesthood. You're a peculiar people. You're a holy nation. You think God is calling you royalty because you're living the way you want? You don't have no royal blood in your bloodline. You don't have no royal blood from any of your family members. And as long as you live the way you want, you are not royalty. But if you live the way the king of kings wants you to live, if you live the way the Lord of Lords, uh, the Most High God, uh, the one that sits on the throne, uh, the one that rules and reigns. Uh, if you live according to the way uh, He says to live, uh, then baby, uh, you have become royalty. Uh, and royalty don't mess around uh, with peasants. Uh, royalty don't mess around uh, with low life. Uh, royalty don't mess around uh, with their own way of living. Uh, royalty uh, is on high, and that's what God is calling us to: uh, is a royal life. Is a lifestyle that's unto him and not unto you. The life that God is calling us to is not like any other life. That's why he says you got to pour out yourself. you got to give me everything. Because the only way I can make you royalty is if you give it all to me. I am the potter and you are the clay. The only way you can become what you need to be is when you put it all on my hands. I can't make you into what I need you to be when you are pouring out measures. When you are deciding 
what you're going to give me when you're going to give me. I can't do nothing with that. I need you to give me everything and I will begin to make it into what I want and to mold you into what I want. That's what God is asking. That's what he's asking today. He says, I can't do anything with the little you're giving me. Do I love you? Absolutely, unconditionally. Do I love you? Sure I do. Did I die for you? Yes, I did. But I didn't do that so you can pick and choose how you want to live. I didn't do that for you to give me part of yourself and not all of yourself. He says, he gave it all for you. He gave it all for you. And so think about this. The Bible says, the Apostle Paul says, I die daily. Right? Jesus Christ, the Almighty God, the Creator, He really died. He really died. And He's not asking you to be crucified. He's not asking you to be whipped. He's not asking you to put on a crown of thorn. He's not asking you to go upon this cross. He's not asking you to do that. He is just saying, will you give me all your life now so I can be the master of your life, so I can be the one who mold and shape your life, so I can be the one to determine what happens in your life. I'm not telling you to go on the cross and die like I died. I'm just saying if you're going to follow me, can I be the one that determine what happens in your life or will you determine what happens in your life? When you pour out everything, when you break the box and you pour out everything, there's nothing left. When you break the box and you pour out everything, then God can do whatsoever he wants. We got to stop measuring out what we do for God. We got to stop measuring out how much we give God. God has got a great big plan and God has got something in store for you. No matter what, if we never fulfill the plan of God for our life, no matter what, can you imagine? We're going to have problems no matter what. Think about this. Living in this life, we're going to have problems no matter what. So do you want to have problems, being frustrated, feeling like something is missing, feeling empty in some areas? Or do you want to have problems in knowing, but I fulfill my purpose in life? What do you want? It's up to you. Do you want to lay on your deathbed? Where you want to, wherever you are, when you get tired and you, you're sick and you're, do you want to sit there, lay there and says, doesn't matter what happens now, because I gave him everything. And his life, the life that he had for me, I fulfilled that life. And so if he's ready, I'm ready. If he's not, I'm not. Whatever he wants. Or do you want to lay there and you're worrying about, oh God, did I really fulfill my purpose? Oh, God, did I really do what I was supposed to do? Oh, God, did I treat my children right? Oh, God, could I have made a different decision here? Could I make a different decision there? Listen, there's going to be decisions that we can question in all of our lives. But the one you don't want to question is, did I give him everything? Did I pour it all out to him? Did I say, here I am, Lord, do whatever you want to do? That's the one that I don't want to guess. That's the one that I don't want to speculate. That's the one that I don't want to ask questions. I want to know I gave my life. I poured it all out to him. The broken box. Will you break this box that you're in today? Will you break this box that you're in today? Stand with me for a second. Will you break this box that you're in? Because Christ was willing to make the ultimate sacrifice to die for all. Those of us who have been born again, our followers of Jesus Christ, should be willing to abandon their old selfish ways in order to live for Christ. We should no longer live to please ourselves. We should die to ourselves and live for Christ. Now here is where we're going to finish this thing up. And if you can make it to the altar, I want you to come. If you can't, stay where you are and do this. Anybody know what repentance means? Some of you probably mean. When we repent, it means that we have sinned. Sin is what the Bible says to miss the mark or to be disobedient to God. 
That's sin. And so when we sin, we have to repent. And so we've all become accustomed. If you came to church any amount of time, we've become accustomed to saying, I repent. How do we say we repent? Oh, Lord, forgive me. That's asking for forgiveness. That's not repentance. So asking for forgiveness is not repentance. You remember when Jesus came on the scene? Well, before Jesus came, John the Baptist came. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what John the Baptist preached. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so asking for forgiveness and repentance is two different things. I can ask God to forgive me, and he will. But repentance is what really changed my life and your life. So what is repentance? Repentance is saying, I am not going to go in the way that pleased me anymore, but I'm going to go in the way that pleased God. So repentance, as they like to say, is to make a 180-degree turn. So whatever direction you are going in, you will make a 180-degree turn and go in the opposite direction. So really, what does that mean? It means, okay, I was going in the way I wanted to go. And when I claim I repented, what I'm saying is I'm going to turn from that way of the way I was going, and I'm going to now go in the way Jesus want me to go. So our life is supposed to be a life of repentance the whole time. So what it means is I'm not living to please myself. I'm living to please him. And as long as I live to please him, I'm living a lifestyle of repentance. I'm not just doing things and then when I mess up, I repent. I'm supposed to live in a constant life of repentance, meaning I'm going in his way and not my way. And so today, God has made me minister to you on the broken box for you to break your box that you're in and let everything roll out. When you come to church, what we should be doing is emptying ourselves from ourselves. When we come together through prayer, through worship, through praise, I believe what hinders us a lot of times is we come to church and we didn't empty ourselves. And so we get a little something. But we didn't really experience what God wanted us to experience. And so how we need to get through the week, we can't get through because we only gave them a little bit. But if we will empty ourselves of ourselves and be filled with the Spirit, be filled with the things of God, then when we leave here throughout the week, we will be sustained. Throughout the week, we will be, we'll be living a lifestyle that's pleasing unto Christ and not a lifestyle pleasing unto us. And so I challenge you today. The Lord Jesus challenged you today. What will you do before you leave here today? What will you do? Will you just, okay, that was a good word. I'm going to start working on it. Or will you put yourself on the spot? Will you put yourself on the spot? I've learned myself. You may know yourself as well, but I've learned myself. When I file things away in my mind to say I'm going to do, I usually don't get to it right away. So I, I don't fool myself anymore when I come to church. I put myself on the spot. And what that means is, oh, I'm going to step right into that today, right now. I'm, I'm going to empty myself right now because I'm not going to wait till tomorrow morning when I wake up. Because you know why? Somehow I'm going to wake up late tomorrow and don't have time. I'm just saying. You meant well, but somehow you woke up late. But if you get right now to it and do it, then tomorrow it's on your mind. So somehow you're just going to wake up at the right time tomorrow to keep on. Just open up yourself to let God have all of you and not some of you. Empty yourself. Break that box and let everything of you just runs out. Let everything of you just come out. And let God fill you up with his spirit. Let God fill you up with his power. Let God fill you up with all of him and not you. That's how we're going to make it. 
We have to break this box, this shell that we're in. We have to break it. We have to break this thing that we're in. And we have to stop letting out stuff to God in measures. If, if you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to be born again. Can't delay the process of what God wants to do in your life. And, and Listen. Remember what I told you. I can't stop telling you this. God will allow you to experience gifts. That's just, here you go. Don't mistake that to thinking you're fulfilling God's will. God used a donkey to speak. God can use a corrupt prophet to prophesy something that's right. So me being used by God sometimes here and there, that doesn't even mean that I'm okay with God. It just means God says, I'm going to get what I'm going to get out of you because... I need to get something out of you. But if we will empty ourselves and fill ourselves up with God, our life will be a constant, a constant with God in how he works in our life. It will be a constant, and you don't have to camouflage it. Listen, this is how you know when you are right with God, when you're in total submission of the word of God. And when you submit yourself under authority, you know you're in total stead with God. Remember this, that God does not get out of order. And so he's not going to allow you to be who you think you should be without order in your life. He won't. You will only be what God wants you to be with order in your life. I had someone say one time, man, I don't like that pastor that's passionate. He's trying to hold me back. I said, you know the quickest way to get rid of that pastor? Be totally submitted to that pastor. You can't escape God. That's the quick, because this is our work. You totally submit, and God will be able to trust you to do what needs to be done. You want to keep on walking around and, 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 and talking about that pastor and talking about he this and he that and he that. God can't do what he needs to do with you. You're just messing up your own path. But if you just submit to that pastor and stay under him, but now break that box and let everything flow out then God will do what he needs to do. Let me tell you this. The Bible says the servant cannot be greater than the master. Don't get too crazy about that. Don't let the word mess you up. This is all God is saying. Whoever he has placed you under, you can never be greater than that person because that person is in charge of what's going on in that atmosphere. But here is the secret. But if you stay under them, God is the one that can bring you higher than them. How does he do that? He takes you from under them. But he will never take you from under that, that, that's, that leader that's just, whatever you think of that leader, he will not take you from under that person until you show that you can submit. We got plenty of Bible. He let David stay under Saul for a little bit. Uh-huh. So don't you think, that you can just do whatever you want and you're walking with God. You've got to trust God. And sometimes it means struggle. Sometimes it means pain. Sometimes it means, oh God, I've I got to go through this. Yes, but it will be all worth it. Just like Jesus, he had to go through that, that, the pain and the agony of the Garden of Gethsemane, but he said it was all worth it. Why? Because today you and I, we can be saved. We can receive strength. We can receive his power. We can be elevated to a status that we could never be think of, that we could even think of, all because he went through the pain and the struggle and the beating. And so you are saying, God, should I, how, how do I have to go through all? Because he went through all of it. And what you're going through doesn't even compare. Doesn't even compare. He was not guilty of one thing. And he had to go through all of that. And so today, I ask you, will you break the box? Will you break the box today and let everything of you run out so God can fill you up with everything of him? Will you break the box today and just give everything to God? Or will you just make it another day of coming to church? Do you trust that God wants to do something special in your life? Or are you just content doing your thing and pouring out measures to God? God doesn't want your measures. I'm telling you right now. I know he's a loving God. And I know he cares deeply for you. But while you're giving him measures, he's saying, 
You can keep that. I love you, but you can keep that. I'm not going to do anything with that. I, don't, I can't do anything with just a little bit of measures. I need everything. I need all of you and not just some of you. And so if today you want to receive what God has in store for you, you got to break the box. You got to let all the stuff that's in you run out. All of your hurt, you got to let it come out. You got to take, you, you got to let everything that's in you come out so God can fill you with what he needs to fill you with. So, so when you leave here today, the bitterness that may have been coming up in your spirit, it will be gone. Mm. Uh. The things that are in you that can turn into worse situation, God wants it out today. God brought you here to take away all of those things and to fill you up with what he wants. Because we're allowing things to get into us which will prevent us from being what God wants us to be. If bitterness fills you up, it's preventing you from what God wants you to be. If anger fills you up, it's preventing you from being God, from what God wants you to be. Huh. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, somebody hear my voice today. It doesn't matter what the situation is. God wants you to be whole. And he wants to fill you up with his power. He wants to fill you up with his spirit. He wants to heal you and strengthen you today. <laughs> Oh, 